I'll start, I'll start, I'll start, I'll start. Is it full government? Full oh, government? Yes. Full name? Just get out of here, bro. Just. I'm an alias. No, I can't. Oh, my mom's gonna listen to this, innit? <laughs> so, my name is Kofi. I'm here on behalf of Stand Out Stamp Out, an organization formed to fight the stigma that black people are faced with in regards to racism, knife crime, etc. Hello, my name's Jeremy. Hello, my name's Victor. Hello, my name's Samuel. And if you'd like to contact me, my telegram is. <laughs> Hi, my name's Aliyah. Hello, guys. My name is Clovy, and I'm here to support Stand Out Stamp Up. Um, hi, my name's Abraham. I go to Finchley Catholic High School, and I'm 17 years old. Um, we're here today, me and a group of my friends, we started a anti-racism campaign because over throughout the first lockdown, there was lots of controversial things that happened throughout the whole of the world. And we want to stamp out racism because racism is stemmed from when you're younger and your environment. So we want to teach younger years what is right and what is wrong, what they should say. And if someone is racist to them or their friends, how to challenge it instead of being quiet and letting people continue being racist so if they continue doing that people think is normal and we just want to show the young years their rights in case they ever get stopped by the police and if they've been stopped unfairly just so they know how to move with caution with the police because nowadays we never know the right police from the wrong police um, you said the level's high <laughs> as an institution i believe that the police are racist because if and it's happened before sometimes like i could go out with a group of my friends we can wear me and my white friends mixed together we can wear tracksuit and hooded hoodies up and then it will only be me and my black friends to get stopped and searched whereas my white friends they were just let there on the side and they would just give them a talking to whereas my black friends and us and me would be put in handcuffs and stuff like that so it just it and as I said, it just stems from their beliefs and from their environment. If they're used to seeing on the TVs and stuff like that, black on black crime and black crime, they'll think, ah, oh, every black person is the same, whereas it actually isn't. Because if some of us were to be go to a place, it's just like the police, security, if you go into shops that like you're being followed around, you can literally be going there just to shop for your mom and the security will be on your tail thinking you're going to steal. Because 
maybe they've had one or two experiences of a black person stealing and they went to, and then they'll be like, ah, oh, every black person, every little black boy, oh, he's coming here to steal, he doesn't have the money. And it's just the police and their mentality, I believe it's wrong because I think they feel like one black person does this is all of them. And like, I just believe that's how um, racism is just institutional within the police force. In addition to Adi's point, I think the best example of institutional ra- uh, racism on a macro level is uh, with regards to the recent incident with David, I, c- I can't say his name, but the person that went missing in the woods and was found in the river. I feel like the response to the situation was the best example of uh, institutional institutional racism with regards to the time it took the police to actually respond and take any significant action. And one of the underlying factors in this was his race. Because as his mother said, uh, she actually called the police and they kind of belittled her and um, played down the situation. And um, I'm pretty sure there was an incident earlier, a week earlier, with uh, a similar kind of thing and the police response was a lot more quick and you know rapid so and going based off that um madeline mccann she's been missing for however many years and they're continuing to fund her investigation all of that even though there has been no evidence whereas this boy was gone his mother his mother inquired about it straight away and they said we can't help you if you can't find your own son so it just shows that depending on your race is how the police will help you if you're black they won't pay attention to you whereas madeline uh, her parents were white um they've been putting in tons and tons of money into her investigation and they still haven't found the evidence if the police were more if the police weren't as racist or some of them as they're not as racist they could have found the, the her son and the mother because she's a single mother that's her only son she's going to be living in this eternal just sadness of like her son's gone the police didn't really help me they only started to help when a week i don't know how many days or something like that was gone by i feel like it's important to start in school where we're familiar and our voice is more um somewhat more significant and important so in terms of on a school level I think that if we educate the younger years through what we've actually experienced, I feel like it'll be more significant than trying to, you know, jump up the ladder. And from that point, I feel like we can gradually build build a name and through building that name, we can spread our teachings. And I feel like when it's personal as well, it's a bit more... um, I feel like it's taken better because um, for me personally, I feel like it, it somewhat binds into the element of practice what you preach, but it's more from a from the opposite side of things. So if you say what you've what you've experienced, someone's more likely someone who relates to you, whether it's physically or whatever it is. In this case, whether you're black, whether you're white, it doesn't matter. But if you uh, if you relate to the experience, I feel like you can take it in better. So we're starting on a school level and hopefully we'll build from there.
Well, um, I grew, I, I, I stay in Edmonton, right? And my my secondary school was St. Ignatius College. So it was predominantly like um, minorities and like black people, if I can say that. So moving on to here, like initially, the first people who I went to talk to was Jeremy and Kofi because I don't. It's not that I don't relate with white people, of course not. But like while in um, my secondary school, like I had no like relationship with other people. So as soon as I came into Finchley, I didn't. I kind of like fit in straight away, even though it's like it's not predominantly black people. Like we all made, we all became friends. We had a friendship group. So yeah. How works? I haven't, re- I haven't like experienced any like bad things in the school. Okay, okay, yeah, beh- yeah, okay, yeah. Beh- Behavior wise, like um, it was a situation when we had like a. It was like a mini fight at lunchtime, isn't it? Um, he was a whiff. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a situation. I think. <laughs> Many occurrences, Zero. not one, <laughs> not two. <laughs> we, we've lost count now. Okay, I see. From like w- the school I came from, I'm not gonna say it's, it's gay. That's not the word, but like stuff like this was quite common. So I didn't really f- know the significance of like the consequences of if I have like a mini fight, whatever, in the school. Like I thought it was a no. I f- <laughs> Chicken <laughs> fight. <laughs> he knocked on your head, then you fucked up. <laughs> Um, for, like, so let's, let's say for just for example, like, like playing football ever, or, or someone kicks you, like you go mad. Like the teachers at, at that school didn't do anything to you. Like it's just, you just carry on playing the game here. Um, I'm not gonna say I'm aggressive. I'm not gonna say I'm, I'm not gonna say I'm aggressive, but like I've carried on kind of the same behavior from my secondary school into into this school, and it's not. It doesn't really like correlate. You get. So. Um, yeah, I also think that when it comes to schools, like um, schools are trained to find uh black kids that are the problem i don't think they specify looking for looking for black talented kids because like when it come when it was my in year 11 there was a black mentor he was helping around he was they said the slt and the head teacher like look we're gonna give you these so and so troubled kids blah 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 i want you to just mentor them and do that whereas there was some talented black kids who were smart like very smart out of this world they wouldn't get as much as the attention. So I feel like if they, if schools just continue to focus on the troubled black kids, they will like reduce the amount of talent because the talented kids will feel like, ah, oh, the way for me to get attention is to be bad. And if schools implement that when they only look out for the troubled black kids, they won't be able to help the talented kids who have high aspirations. Not saying the troubled kids may have uh, low aspirations, it's just that, they will, the school will struggle to help them find high aspirations, what they want to do and stuff like that. I went to school in Camden and with regards to what Abraham was saying about mentors, um, I feel like my school started getting rid of some of the mentors and it was like, as a black student, we tended to have better relationships with the black mentors because we felt like they understood us and they let go of many of them because they felt like they weren't needed but they didn't take in like they didn't take in how we felt about it and a lot of people didn't appreciate it but there was nothing much we could do and we would say things but they don't really listen to you and my school like majority of SLT were white people and so 
it was like we didn't really have a voice up there yeah i think like if you don't have that that um that difference in the slt if it's just an all white member they're only going to get views of what they have been learning from when they were young and that so when you have someone that's a black mentor that kind of relates to you you're able to confined with them like if you're because they can understand like if you're feeling troubled they could you can actually speak to them but if you were to go to like a white else or team member they'll be like okay we'll get social service involved police involved and then sometimes you just don't want that you don't want it, you don't want it to escalate you just want it you just want someone to talk to you someone you can see as a friend because like if i was to go to like in my old school if i was to go to one of the slt members they they wouldn't really care that much because they haven't experienced it it's like this thing that's rooted in them, if I haven't experienced it, I don't really need to care that much, to be honest. Whereas I think that's wrong because you're not going to experience everything, at least have some sort of understanding. Like, when it comes to racism, people are like, oh, if it's not happening to me, why should I care? Because maybe that could have an effect on a young black man's health or young black female's health if they're not getting that support that they really need just to have someone to talk to if they're finding things troubling at home, just on... They may just want to come out of this lifestyle that they've been in because if they tell, like, their, their head teacher, like, normally a lot of head teachers are white. If they tell their head teacher this, they'll be like, okay, blah, blah, blah. But then they'll dismiss it. But them dismissing it will make that kid feel like, oh, I'm, I'm worthless. I'm not worth your time, this and that. And then it can just have a negative impact on their mental health. And then, and lately, black suicide has been on the rise as well. So them dismissing the facts of a young black or female's mental health is just, it makes them feel small in a kind of way. Uh, to add on to this point, with regards to the SLT and uh, not not uh, many black people being high up in that position, I feel like that's another important thing. So to see someone in a high position like that, who's of similar race, I feel like isn't, is an inspiration somewhat for certain people and that's not just in SLT that's in you know different different <coughs> fields if I um like for example if I've got a guy that came up where I came from you know same race I feel like it's more personalized and if he's doing great things and I'd want to achieve that whereas like right now it's kind of hard like who do you look up to of course you've got one or two people here and there but you know, having people in that position to look up to and to relate to is quite important. But lately, like, was it yesterday or two days ago? Daniel Kaluuya, he was the first black Brit. Um, he won the first black Oscar, yeah. So he's the first black Brit. So like, I feel like he should use his platform now to address certain problems that young black kids are facing. Because he went to Aloysius and he like he knows he like he as we can say he grew up in ends and stuff like that. So he knows the problems that we're facing. So I think he can. I, I, what I'm going to say is a bit mad, but he can be our modern uh, Martin Luther King to help um, project our voices because now he's one of the biggest on the stages because he has all of Hollywood's eyes on him. If he's able to use his platform, then we could, um, black kids, we can get the help that we need, both mentally, within schools, get like di uh, diversity within the SLT members and stuff like that just to help us because like, now we've seen him, he's like made it, we can be like, oh, crap, like, I can make it as well. I don't need to do so, so, so just to have this temporary lifestyle and stuff like that. And I was learning in P, happened in one of the Olympics, um, 
Yeah, it was the yeah it was um the Jesse Owens. Um, Hitler refused to shake his hand even though he won all the medals. And I feel like as time has gone forward, there's been like different ideas and like things you're able to talk about mainly. Back then you couldn't talk about mental health. Back then black people weren't as respected as we saw Hitler didn't want to shake his hands. We went through slavery and all of that. So I feel like Daniel Kaluuya, yes, it, it is his responsibility to help put us on the map more to show that we're not a bunch of, as I quote, air quotes, thugs, that how certain people perceive us as we're intelligent, we're talented, and we have all sorts of different skills that we could be shown. Um, I want to disagree with that point. I wouldn't necessarily say it's his responsibility to do things. So, for example, like, say I, I put you in his shoes. So, say you blow up, right, and then you become an NBA superstar, win championships, whatever, you do great things as a black yeah, like so what you're saying is that um society like black people should expect you to um um to do all these things and speak out for rest like you get you've got that kind of burden on you to do all of these things because just because you're successful so i mean what i'd say is like i wouldn't necessarily say it's a person's responsibility to do that but like it'd be beneficial if they did kind of thing yeah, yeah, I wouldn't really say it's a burden, as you said, because like, there's not many black role models. It takes a lot to do all that. Yeah, know? compared to like the white role models and more white role white role models and stuff like that, and even just from just TV shows in general, we grew up on watching like white Disney shows and all of that, and like not many black people were publicized, and like now some people they fantasize over our. Uh, they have the fetishes of our uh, black boys, this, da 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 da, black girls, ah, uh, da 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 da, and like now society and like social media, there they've been degrading black girls as well, which I think is very wrong of them. Like they don't really show black girls in the limelight as they would. Like the Disney Channel shows, we saw Zac Efron, like uh, what's her name from High School Musical, his girlfriend or whatever. Vanessa yeah, Vanessa Hudson. You we saw all of that growing up, but I feel like. All of this stuff, where it comes to uh, black black boys, black girls are on the ri- black boys are on the rise. I feel like it's kind of wrong because you see people they they fantasize about having uh, a tall black guy in their life, da da da, and stuff like that. So when it comes to like, it's just to show like little kids how like you have different role models within like different industries and stuff like that. I think that. Um <coughs> In addition to Clovey's point and your point, I feel like once you get to that level of uh, you know, high publicity and success as a black person, anyways, I feel like a lot of people feel like they could receive a lot of backlash for speaking on um, sensitive topics like this, and you don't want to jeopardize your everything you've earned and everything you've worked for for what basically is how some people might see it. So, like I said, like Lobi said, sorry, it would be nice. Um, it would be nice. But first and foremost, I don't think it's an expectation because that might be selling ourselves dreams as well. Because in reality, like if you look at people who have done it, for example, LeBron James, um, he got slumped by Donald Trump, by the media, by everyone on Instagram calling him a coward, just, he just said, uh, shut up and play basketball. Mm. And his followers also went down after he said that. So 
someone who's worked so hard for what he's got, for it to all, like, on his scale, it wasn't all taken away because you can't, like, he's, he's the best at what he does, so it's not it's not going to get taken away. But a lot of his following went down, like, a lot of bad, bad news around his name. Oh, LeBron James has said this, LeBron James has said that, to the point where now he still, you know, speaks about it, but not on the level that he used to because of his his career's in jeopardy, basically, and the public's opinion, which is actually very important once you get to that level, is also um, also in jeopardy. Yeah. The justice for um, George Floyd. Yeah, yeah, he was like to the the one the the police officer that killed the sixteen year old. He was like, "You're next," and then it just got heavily backlashed. People were like, "Why are you saying this? Just play basketball." And then a couple of people are like, "Ah." Oh, in bars, like they were like, oh, I'm not gonna be showing the NBA until LeBron James has been banned from the NBA. He's not playing and stuff like that. I don't think it should be an expectation for black people to do that, as Kofi said. But I think like they should feel like the need to do it because of what's happened before. Like seeing themselves get like build their way up to there, like they should feel the need to empower like younger black people. But I don't think it should be like an expectation that they have to do. Yeah, like like Abraham said, like I know a lot of people that talk like that. Like a lot of my aunties and my uncles, whenever they like come to my house, they're like, "Oh, look at this person! Look at this person! Why aren't they doing this for us? Why aren't they doing that for us?" Like you know what I mean? Like a person's rich, a person's famous. Like they can do what they want with their time and their money. Like I'll never ever look at a person wherever they are and think, "Oh, they should be doing this. They should be doing." You never know what goes on in their life. You never know what they're dealing with. So you should never really like expect things from people in a sense. Yeah, your priorities change. Even like for the people in the room at the moment, like we're saying this, but you know, if if one of us are to, you know, grow up, get ten million followers, whatever it is, are we gonna practice what we're preaching? So I think is is a thing where it's a thing where you need to make it like a place more emphasis on it by kind of uh speaking out on it in a in a manner that's not controversial so the public's opinion won't be too uh he said this he said that but if you how do i word it if you kind of speak on it on a not a low scale but if you speak on it without any sort of like I find a way to say it. Diplomatic. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Controversial. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Um, but yeah, with regards to what um, Kofi said about being diplomatic, you can be diplomatic and people still hate on you and bash what you've said because their view is different. And you've got like, if you're like high up, like say LeBron James, you're gonna say something and you have to know and expect that people are gonna exactly you've got haters and so people aren't gonna just agree with you that's why i don't think it should be an expectation and a responsibility but if you're gonna put that yourself in that position you've got to yeah you've got to know how to handle it otherwise it'll just go left that's one of the things like everyone wants to be famous in that but like once you get there you gotta yeah, you got to be able to handle the, you know, if you really want to make change, like, no one in this world has made change without 
Like, so if you want to make change and that's your, you know, your point of emphasis, whether it's your career or you want to do it on the side, I feel like you have to be ready and you have to be able to receive the backlash that you're going to receive because without that, you're not going to make change really and truly. Like Albert Einstein was called an idiot. Like it's, it's just how it is. Yeah, one thing I wanted to bring up, um, it's, it's also like a really bad thing. It's become a norm in society for us to like conform kind of thing. So like I'll... Like, I'll walk around and stuff, like, in my normal clothing. And my mum will always tell me, oh, don't wear this hoodie. Don't wear this hat. Um, don't wear these shoes. You know what I mean? They can make you look, um, like, in a bad way. You know what I mean? Like, I'll be, I don't know, there's just been t- countless times. I'll just be walking around my area. Oh, just standard, oh, black person, apparently stealing. They don't steal. A uh, black person's going to a altercation with this person, whatever. Like it's just, it's become normal for that to kind of happen in society, and it happens so frequently. Like, and I feel like that's wrong. That sh- it's kind of been like accepted, kind of thing. Like, you know I mean, because it happens so frequently, and I feel like that's just, it's just wrong. We shouldn't have to like dress a certain way so we don't get targeted we shouldn't have to even walk in a certain way look at people in a certain way so we don't get targeted you know what i mean i feel like stuff like this has been embedded into most parents heads like mm-hmm. um when i put on like even if like, even the duffel bag my dad said oh why are you gonna duffel bag are you carrying drugs or um yeah. even wearing a beanie um he say oh you're like a drug dealer or you're like a gang member you shouldn't go like that so I feel like stuff, like stuff like that is if you if you hear stuff like that from young, when you see other people wearing that, like I'm sure if anyone's if we saw like a tall black guy in a beanie with a duffel bag and stuff like that approaching <laughs> us, we're gonna think, oh, that guy's a dangerous guy. Bearing in mind, we we probably do the same thing, but we didn't think of it as bad. So I feel like is as he said that people are just conformed. That people is like people have just been people have just been taught are. Uh, by the way someone wears like how to like what they're like etc etc um but i feel like it's a thing where like institutions accept the stereotypes but that we have to be aware of the fact that there's also black people that live up to stereotypes like some okay we've got people live in rough areas and they're forced to do bad things but then you've got people like you know we would say they force it some people carry knives they get go to prison, sell drugs when they don't need to. And it's, why put yourself in that position? Because it affects the rest of us. Like, in someone's head, it might not seem like, they won't think about it on a big scale, but it at the end of the day, it affects all of us as a whole. I think it's like, I could say nine right things and one wrong thing and all the attention will be paid to the to the wrong thing. So it's the same with, with what Aaliyah was saying with regards to certain people living up to the stereotype. Like when people when people who have preconceptions of the stereotype see that it's only confirming their stereotype. So it's kind of like fighting fire with fire. Like how are we gonna combat this if there's still a certain whether it's minor or whether it's significant there's still certain people conforming to these stereotypes and that's just reinstalling and reinforcing these beliefs so it's kind of like you need to get everyone on board oh just i was going to counter your point right 
So you said um, about um, people live up to stereotypes. All right, for, for starters, so um, stereotypes, for every stereotype, everyone lives up to a stereotype, technically kind of thing. So stereotypes aren't made off of nothing. If you think, if you think of a random stereotype, there's always going to be people that live up to that stereotype. Secondly, um, white people sell drugs. White people carry knives. Um, mixed race people carry knives. Mixed race people sell drugs. Wait, wait, wait. Say wait. nine. Say nine. Say nine. Um, yet, 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 statistically, we are still two to three to four times more likely to be pulled over for sagging, having a hoodie up. Um, hat or anything like that. So, anyways, cool. and I remember it was like, what? And you know, it's, it's the way social media um, portrays it as well. Because Miss, you said white people, but I'm going off your point. Miss was like, um, I remember you said um, white people, all those kinds. And then remember, Miss said in one of our things, is is not just black people; it's the people higher up, and they use the black people to sell the stuff because they know the black people are more likely to be caught. So it really, it really and truly, it, it shouldn't really. No, but it's true. But it's true. People selling drugs and importing drugs into the country. It's not people, these little boys, runners yeah, in from, Graham Park from, Estate yeah, that like are, them, have got planes you think to bring. You 14-year-olds exactly. are going to be doing stuff like that, like going all the way. Of course, white people sell drugs and mixed-race people sell drugs. Asian people do, but that's not the stereotype. They're not going to stop a white boy with a tech fleece on with his hoodie up to search him. They're going to do it to a black boy because it's the stereotype that young black males sell drugs. I've like there's loads of stereotypes. I've been labeled a loud black girl multiple times in my life because I voice my opinion. But if a white girl was to do it, they're not gonna be labeled that. Like she's gonna, she's a good opinion. talker. She voices her opinion. She articulates she's herself well. And stuff it's, like that. Like, it's all institutionalized. I like this. I like yeah, it's not even a social media type of thing. This is this has been institutionalized way back, this is what I mean. but it's got and bigger. it's just been carried out in different forms now. It's got bigger because of social media. People, yeah. hold on, hold on. People see it on social media and they think, oh, that's what I want. That's what I'd be like. They look at him on social media they, and they go out and reinforce that. Do it again. I don't think. This yeah, is but a it's become bigger because of social media. Carry on. I was gonna say, yeah. Um, I just got a question. Like, so if like. If everyone does it, right? So why why is it necessarily why is it so heavily enforced on black people as a race? Institutional racism. Yeah. If everyone does it, as he said, institutional racism because they don't go after the white man that does it. They don't look for him because the white men are the one importing it from other countries, and the little black kids, as Aaliyah said, are the ones going out out of their way, going countryside and stuff like that. Well, yeah, but that's a horrible business model. Why? But why would you want the most likely person to get like stopped by what feds to be shot in your drugs? You're not going to put your people in front of them. Yeah, well, it's not I mean. your people exactly, but they want to make money at the end of the day. Like I see <laughs> white people. Yeah, but do you know what? You've got to think of it like back. Go yes, back. They're still gonna. They're still gonna. No, but you're one you're, time, you're, one time, one time, you're you're missing the concept. You've got to think back. Do you get it? They'll say this is a white man's country because it's not where we're oh, from. Yeah, like we're the weakest link in their, in their like, eyes. Exactly. In their eyes were like sh- the type of boys that come to our school, the white males, they're not gonna pick them to sell drugs. If you had someone lined up and they say, "Oh, pick who, who, who," they'd probably pick people like yeah. the one sitting in here. That's what I'm saying. Like you gotta get to the root of the problem. Like as far as what you're saying with social media. 
I feel like that's just another variant. This started a long time ago and it's just been, it's like a rolling snowball. It just keeps on going and going, but in different forms. Before it used to be the black man that speaks out about what he believes is crazy. He should get locked up. Uh, Nelson Mandela, etc. That's That's racism. But now is you know the black kid with the hoodie and the probably got a knife. Yeah, like it's just it's just updated. I feel like it's just you know it's a snowball. But and I feel like you gotta get so, to the root, man. And I feel like the police and just society they're not used to seeing like a nice black kid. Not even just nice, just not used to seeing black people with good stuff like good materialistic things. So as soon as they see it, they're like, okay, something's up. He either sells drugs. He either has a knife on him or he does something illegal. So as as we said, it's institutionalized racism. They're like, okay, we're not used to black people having all of these things, but we're used to white people. So when they see the white person have a nice stuff, they're like, okay. But if they see a black person have this nice stuff, they'll have to be like, okay, let's stop and search him. He probably has something on him. I wouldn't be surprised if he has something on him. And if they don't, they just be like, oh, just another case. And then they're just it's just like a repeat cycle. Keeps going on and on. Thank you guys for tuning into One Mic Real Talk. You can catch us on Instagram at One Mic Real Talk. And we're out. Bye.